Good morning. I hope you guys are, are having a good time this morning. Um, I hope your week has been great. Um, you know, I, I sure do miss gathering together, even though this has been really awesome that we get to, to do this. I really do miss gathering together. I'm, I miss um, our greeting time and announcements time because then I have, like, you know, time to go to the bathroom or get a cup of water or something like that beforehand. But now, you know, it's just, it's just straight to it. Um, so hopefully one day we'll get, we'll get back to that soon and give everybody a little more time. I hope everybody's settled and ready to dig into the Word this morning. We're going to take a look um, just at the first part of the psalm for this week. Just the very first part of 146, Psalm 146. It is one of the weekly lessons. We just read it uh, together as a church. And uh, I just want to take just a few minutes um, to read that again. Not, not the whole thing. We're just going to actually read verses 1 and verses 2, and then the very last half of verse 10. It starts this way, praise the Lord. And then he says, praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. And then we read it all before, and he goes on to talk about the goodness of God and who he is and the maker of heaven and earth, and he ends it again and says, praise the Lord. You know, it's been such an interesting um, time that we're living in, and and it's a time where maybe you feel like I do. I, I feel like I don't get a whole lot of choices, that I have a lot of choices being made for me. You know, they, they're telling me what's essential and what's not. You know, they say I can't get my hair cut, and everybody I know says, Matt, you need your hair cut. You really need your hair cut. You really, you know, and I, I, I can't. I can't go get my hair cut. I can't go to this store or that store. I can't go to this restaurant or that restaurant. I can't go here for vacation. And it feels like our choices are being taken away, right? And maybe that's how you felt. I, I often feel that way. And I often feel during that, that it's almost like this sense of powerless, that I am just powerless to do you know, the things that I'm, I'm used to, the things I want to. And um, as I was kind of moping and, and, and kind of in that, uh, we logged on, on on Facebook on Monday, uh, me and Alex, and uh, we began. It, Alex, my daughter, is starting to take over Mondays with Matt. Um, and so you, you're probably going to, we're just going to let her take it all over and let her start preaching to you guys. But as I was doing that, it, the Lord really quickened to me and said, you're not powerless, you're actually powerful. And you don't have, it's not that you don't have any choices, you're not focusing on the choices you do get to make. And one of them is, is right here in this psalm. It, it's the way the psalm starts. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. And that's the choice we have, to worship the Lord. We get to choose every single day that we can worship God. And I don't mean just worshiping Him in our thoughts. I am talking about the physical act of singing or shouting or saying who God is and giving Him the glory and giving Him the honor. It is something that we can do that carries so much power in our life and in power in this world that it is something we, we are called to do and need to do, and it is really the only answer. You know, Maybe you're logging on and, you, and, you, and you're looking for what the newest answer is, the newest release is, the newest essential you know, thing that's opening, and, and we all want answers for what is going on. And, and the Lord is saying, I'm the answer. Just come to me and worship me. Quit worrying about everything else and worship me because things begin to happen in our life when we begin to worship the Lord. 
And if you look through the scriptures, you will see people bowing down and calling out to the name of the Lord all over the place. And often it is in a time where they're struggling. It is a time where they're downtrodden or they're depressed or they're, or they're angry or, or you know, things are going wrong or things are going bad, and they choose. And they choose to worship. You can read about it. It seems like every other psalm talks about, I will praise the Lord. I, my soul will bless the Lord. I mean, you start looking through them, Psalm 16, Psalm 30, Psalm 34, Psalm 38. You can pause this later and, and get, go back and write these all down if you want. Uh, Psalms 59, 63, 69, 103. I mean, that was just when I, I, I barely started combing through. Psalm after psalm after psalm, scripture after scripture says that we should be praising the Lord, that we should be worshiping the Lord. It is something we can do anytime, anywhere, whenever, whenever we sense the presence of God, we can worship anywhere. I, I like to do it when I'm doing yard work. And I have this strange thing. I, I put on my headphones, um, and you know they're, they're noise canceling headphones, but they also play my music. And for some reason, it makes me think that I'm invisible. And uh, and so it is one of my favorite places to worship the Lord. It, it, it I will begin doing yard work, and then I will realize I am just shouting and I am just singing. And I realize one time it happened to me a couple years ago. My neighbor was literally standing in his yard across the street, staring at me, just looking at me like, what are you doing? That's when I realized my headphones aren't magic. I'm not invisible. But I realized it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. My, my choice is I can worship the Lord. And I know you guys, uh, you know, we're all kind of struggling. We're all in this place. But I, I want to encourage you in this because I, I think this will bring you freedom in this time, that this will bring you peace in this time and joy in this time. And I just want to point to a couple of scriptures as as we do this, one is Hebrews thirteen fifteen. It says, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that confess his name. It is important for us to do this. And, and, and I am saying it is important for us to physically sing, to physically shout, to physically say, to, to, to with our mouths, worship the Lord in, in all the circumstances. It says continually here. In other places, it says rejoice always. We're going to read a scripture. It says rejoice always. I say again, rejoice. There's not a limit. You know, there's not a limit to where you should do it. It's not just Sunday morning when we're here in church. It's not just Thursday night when we're at worship practice or in your small group on Tuesday night or Wednesday night or whenever you might meet. But it says that we have the opportunity to do this all day, every day. And I want to point a couple of scriptures and, and, and show you what happens when we begin to worship the Lord. The first one is in Habakkuk 3.17. Watch out. When you start preaching from Habakkuk, things get serious. Things get real serious. Uh, Habakkuk 3, verse 17 through 19. This is what it says, 17 through 19. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food though there is there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls yet i will rejoice in the lord i will be joyful in god my savior the sovereign lord is my strength he makes my feet like the feet of a deer he enables me to go on to the heights you know, right here he makes a choice he he sees all the bad things that are going on. It's not like he's blind or oblivious or, or he doesn't, uh, you know, or he's pretending they don't exist. He is stating, I have all these problems. There, there's no food. There, there are no cattle. There are no sheep. There, there's nothing. 
And he makes a choice. He says, yet I will rejoice. I will rejoice. And then what begins to happen, it's a little subtle here, but you'll see it in other scriptures, is when you make the choice to worship the Lord, your focus automatically changes. See, when we get depressed and we get lonely and, and we get angry, we get frustrated or we get worried, every single time we're doing that, what we're doing is we're focusing on the problems that are surrounding us. And we're focusing on myself and, and we're focusing on woe is me and, and we are running through our mind all the problems. There are no figs on the tree. There are no grapes on the vine. The olive crop has failed. And those things happen in our life. Problems occur each and every day. But here he chooses. He says, I will rejoice in the Lord. And next he says, I will be joyful in God my Savior. See, as he focuses on the Lord, he begins to realize, this is God my Savior. This is the person who can save me from the fact that I don't have any food or I don't have any sheep or I don't have any cattle. His focus then changes. And then he begins to realize, it is God who can take me to the heights. It is God who can deliver me. It is God who I can rejoice in, who I can have joy because no matter what, I still have a Savior. You see, no matter what's going on in our life, God is still there. And no matter what's going on in our life, you still have eternal life. He is still in control. So automatically, as soon as we begin to make that choice, as soon as we make the choice, you know what? I know all the stuff is going on in my life, and it's been bad, and I'm struggling, and I'm frustrated, and whatever it might be. As soon as we make that choice, your focus shifts, and you no longer are focusing on, on all the things that are bad in your life. You begin to focus on God, your Savior, God, your Redeemer. We, we were singing it, God, our miracle worker, who is who is God in your life, you begin to focus on that, and it begins to change your attitude. And then what happens next, am I, it, it's not necessarily, and you know, this is the exact order, and every time you, you know, do it, here's the process. God doesn't necessarily work like that. But if you flip to Philippians 4, and you probably know these verses, um, Philippians 4, verses 4 through 7, what begins to happen next is God begins to shape and mold your heart and shape and mold your mind. It says, in Philippians 4, verse 4, Philippians 4, verse 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and will guard, guard your mind. There some incredible promises here. There's some truth here that, that we need to hold on to. When we choose to rejoice, and I'll say it again, rejoice always, rejoice always. What happens is the next verse says, let your gentleness be evident at all. I don't know about you, but when I begin to worship the Lord, there's a softening that begins to happen in my heart. Before I begin worshiping the Lord, there's a hardness in my heart. I wrote down in my Bible before, hard, dark, and edgy. Hard, dark and edgy is the condition of my heart and often my mind. And you know what flows out? I don't know if you know what it says in the Bible. You know what flows out of your heart? Your words. And so often when I am struggling and I am dwelling on everything in my life, my words become hard and they become dark and they become edgy. But when I begin to worship the Lord and begin to focus on Him, 
there's a softening that begins to happen. I, I, it has happened countless times in my life where I am struggling and, and, and I don't know what to do, and I just begin to worship the Lord, and there's a softening. I see it happen all the time on Sunday morning or on Thursday night with our worship team where maybe I'm, I walk in and I'm struggling, and as I worship the Lord, I, my heart begins to soften, and I become gentle. I've seen team members do it where they're, they're frustrated when they come in. It's been a long day, a long week. I don't know what it is. And we begin to worship, and you can hear it in their instrument, or you can hear it in their voice. There's this softness that begins to come because they have changed their focus, and they're on the Lord. It says also here, the Lord is near. When we worship the Lord, we're reminded right away He is near. You know, often we, we, we feel, especially now, that we're separated you know, that, that we, we can't see each other and we can't be each other. And sometimes we then begin to think, maybe the Lord is, isn't here. I'm all by myself. I promise when you begin to worship, you're reminded that he is near. And then the closes this, this passage of Scripture. It says, you do all these things. You, if you worship and you rejoice and you pray to me and you bring your petitions to me, it says, I will guide your heart. Uh, I, will, I will guard your heart and I will guard your mind. Man, what a powerful statement because our minds really do tend to race out of control all the time. You know, when we're left to our own devices and left to our own thoughts, our minds race and race with all the worst possibilities and all the endless things and all that. And it ra- But God says, if you bring your worship to me and you bring your prayers and you come and you commune with me, the peace that passes all understanding will guard your heart and will guard your mind. Now, what a way to walk through life with Christ Jesus guarding your heart with Christ Jesus guarding your mind. This is the promises of the Lord, that if we do this, this is what happens. If we come to him, he brings peace that we can't even understand. And that means that there's peace in stressful situations, not just peace in peaceful situations when everything is great and good. This is talking about peace when it doesn't seem like there should be. He says, I will bring you peace that you don't understand, and I will guard your hearts, and I will guard your minds says, I will bring you protection. That's what it's telling us. I will bring you protection when you do this. And then third, if you want to flip with me to Acts, Acts chapter 16, verse 25 through 26. There's a real um, famous account of Paul and Silas and they're in prison. Acts chapter 16, verses 25 through 26 says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword, and he was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we are here. And when we begin to step into worship and we make the choice in the midst of the hardest times in our life or the hardest place in our life or the hardest and darkest night of our life, freedom can come when we begin to worship. Paul and Silas were in jail. They didn't wait until God released them from jail to begin to worship. He, they didn't wait until they were home eating a big dinner and giving thanks around their table. They worshiped him in the middle of the prison where there was no way out and they were shackled. And freedom came. Their chains were broken, the doors were open, and they were free. 
And that's what happens. When we begin to focus on him, when we begin to turn our attention to him, when we begin to worship him in these times, he begins to bring freedom for those things that bind us and those things that hold us down, those things that so easily tangle us, is what Hebrews says, the things that easily tangle us. We begin to worship him. He begins to loose those things because we are letting the power of God work in our life and work in our heart and work in our mind, and there's power when we worship. And what's incredible is there's not just power for you and for me when I do it, but there's power for those around us. It says here, all the chains were broken. You know, not everybody in the, in the prison was worshiping. They were all watching, like my neighbor standing across the street. They're, all, they're, they're watching Paul and Silas worship, and their chains were broken because that's the, what the presence of God does. The presence of God brings healing in our bodies and healing to those around us and, and opens doors and, and sets prisoners free. If you read more into the account, you also find out it brings salvation. When they began to worship and the foundations were, sh- were shaken and the, and the doors flew open and the shackles flew off, the jailer freaked out and he was going to kill himself. And they said, don't do that. And a couple verses later, they lead him to the Lord. He said, what must I do to be saved? Because Paul and Silas chose to worship. You know, they, they weren't standing up on a box preaching and, and they, they, they weren't, you know, shouting out scripture verses, you know, at people. They worshiped the Lord and God moved and people got saved. This is what we have that we can do. This is what we have that we can walk in, is the power of worshiping the Lord. We want answers every day. We want answers when these things are going to end and when are things going to change and when is life going to be okay. And God says, you know what? The answer is me. Come and worship me. Come and lay down everything Come and worship me, and I will give you peace. I will change your focus. I will set you free, and I will lead people to the Lord. So during this time, even as it begins to change and things begin to open up, God is calling you back to him. He says, I am near. I am here. Come and worship me. I also want to remind you that we are still here. Every day um, over the last, I guess now, month or so, um, when when I get ready in the morning, I pull out my wallet, and I look and see how little money is in there. Uh, well, that's part of it. But in my wallet, <clears throat> if I can get it out, in my wallet I, I have this. I don't know if, if you can see it. I'm, I'm not sure how, how those camera things work. But this is uh, my piece of the puzzle that we did, I don't know, six months ago. And I, I bring it out mostly to remind myself that there's still other people out there in the world that I belong to, that I'm in community with and that I can't wait to see. And I, I want you to know that every morning I bring this out and I begin to think of you and I begin to pray for you. And I, I try and work myself through, um, like, I can sit here and picture where everybody sits. And that's what I do in my mind. I just want to remind you that we love you and that we are here and uh, we are still community, that, that your piece of the puzzle is just as important today as it is when we were all together and as it will be when we all get together. You are still just as important, and we hold you near and dear to our hearts. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you and praise you that we can always choose to worship you. Lord, I thank you and praise you that you are always near when we call. Lord, that you always answer when we call. Lord, I pray that this week we will be reminded that we can worship you in any circumstance, in any place, at any time, and that as we do that, you begin to bring us peace 
and joy and freedom for us and for those around us. Lord, I thank you and praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.